Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Just before we share the word, while we were worshipping earlier on, we sang that, long, that line in the song, and I adore you. And I started thinking about what, what happens when we adore someone or something. I've watched, I've watched a parent look, adoring their new baby. And you just, they just look for ages, just look into their eyes or their face. Or you might have someone adoring a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a fiancé. Or a husband or wife. How amazing is that? When, for those that are married, remember when you sat and looked and to each other's eyes for hours? Oh, hello. Okay, I remember those days. <laughs> or some sometimes you buy something new. A guy gets a new car or a boat, or or ladies get a new outfit for that special event, and and they hang it up. They hang it up and they adore the new outfit, just imagining what it's going to look like to be in that or imagine what it's going to be like to drive that. And yet Jesus calls us from our hearts to adore him. Let's close our eyes for a moment and just, just take a moment before we share the word. And I just feel he's calling us to adore him, to admire, to focus in, to love, to delight in, to let your heart say you're worthy. Oh, like Tim shared around communion, just thank you for your grace that takes us off the roundabout of confusion, of guilt and condemnation, or even a sense of failure. And some people who have been on that roundabout, I just feel the Lord say, lift your eyes and adore him. And before you know it, you'll be off the roundabout and you'll be moving forward once again on the journey of life and freedom. Lord, I just pray that right now. Just let that picture just grab our hearts. And I thank you, Lord. We choose to adore you. Just to focus in on you because you are more than worthy. You are just so beautiful. Lord, you capture, you captivate our attention. You draw out love and our hearts are overwhelmed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats and let's look at the Word of God. Two weeks ago, I shared a message out of 1 John 4. 4. You are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And with all the craziness that's going on in our world, sadly with massacres and threats of nuclear wars and and, uh, the whole political turmoil in our nation, the the assault on marriage and families and uh, religious freedom. There's so much going on and we need to be reminded that greater is he that's within us than whatever spiritual force or agenda of mankind is happening in our world. And I want to encourage you that he is greater. And then last week we talked about how big is your God. If God is greater, how big is your God? And I talked about he's the Lord Almighty. He's the almighty God. And I want you to see that if God is greater within us, then he's the almighty God. We don't have to fear what comes in the days ahead. We can walk with wisdom. We can understand that our God will make a way and he will strengthen us. And I talked about how do you get to know the Lord Almighty? It's out of relationship, out of taking time to connect, to understand, to see how great he is. Otherwise, you will, you will serve a God that's limited by your understanding. 
And boy, for some of us, that won't be a very big God. We make God in our image. We have a go at the people in the Old Testament, how they quickly made idols and they created gods to worship. We're no no different. We just create them in our minds and we create what God looks like instead of seeing by relationship and then by revelation of how awesome is our God and how gracious and great are His works. And then we talked about we get to know our great God through the Word of God and through Scriptures. And we read ones like Psalm 145 that Marilyn read this morning. How great is our God. And the Word of God, we read it, we sing it, and it just bursts inside of our souls. And I think, how awesome you are. And the Word of God is filled with amazing pictures. You get to Revelation. We sang the Revelation song today. And, and you just get overwhelmed. Your heart just expands. You think, God, forgive me for making you small in my understanding because you are Almighty. You fill the heavens and the earth. And when you have that picture of the Almighty God, then our daily circumstances change because we're connected to the Almighty God. Not just wondering, God, can you help? Are you, are you big enough to help sort this out in my family? God, are you able to sort our nation out? Of course he can. And today, and the fourth way that you get revelation is through supernatural miracles. How that breakthroughs happen when the supernatural comes into people's lives. And there are many, many, I was talking to someone this week, a newer family in our church, and I said, how did you start to get connected to God? And he says, I was a young guy and just doing my own thing years ago. And he said, my mum had a miracle happen. She went to a church in Toowoomba and she was prayed for and she had an incredible miracle of healing and breakthrough. And he said, I was a young guy, just doing my own thing, but it started to grab my attention. I thought, if there's a God like that, I need to find out who he is. He said, I went and sat in an empty church in Brisbane and I said, God, are you real? And something started to happen in his soul because a supernatural miracle changed his mum's life. How many people, when a supernatural thing happens, it gets you wondering. And today I want to look at one of the most amazing characters in the Bible, how that he knew and served the Lord Almighty. And his name is Daniel. Daniel, the book of Daniel. He's one of the uh, major prophets in the Bible. And uh, I love looking at characters in the Bible because you can identify with them. It's not just truth and pictures, but they're people. You think, wow. If Daniel could do what he did, then God, you can help me through my journey. And Daniel is one of the most amazing characters in the Bible. He served under three godless regimes. And as we go through the book quickly today, we'll see that he actually changed the world in three different godless regimes. One of the most amazing characters in the Bible... And God used him. That's why I don't have fear of what's happening in the world today. If God can turn godless regimes, Babylon and the Medes and the Persians, they were the the greatest nations of the earth. And one man that stood for God turned them powerfully. And let me tell you, our God's a mighty God. When you're connected with him, anything can happen. And we're going to lift our vision that the church of Jesus Christ can impact and change our nation. And we say he had such a revelation of God. He was captured from Judah along with some of the other young people and they were probably only teenagers or early young adults. They were captured from Judah by uh, Babylon, the Babylonians and they were a ruling, cruel nation. Daniel 1 verse 3, we're just going to skip through a few things in the story today. I want you to get stirred about how amazing this man was and what God can do in and through our lives. Daniel 1.3, it says, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, 
to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. You say, well, that counts most of us out. We don't even measure up to some of those. They weren't perfect, but these were young men with a future ahead of them and they were taken because they'd been raised in Hebrew households under the word of God. So that's why they were strong and healthy and why they had ready minds to learn. It, it goes on and says, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. So they were going to go off to the local university and learn the ways of the Babylonians. It was a godless um, society. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach and to Azariah, Amadigo. So they got new local names trying to maybe make them fit in and, do, and for, to, trying to get them to forget their godly heritage. Hey, that's what happens in universities today. Sometimes people's minds are trying to be reshaped to forget. And we've got to make sure that we don't, in whatever area in our workplaces, that we don't lose the identity of God that he stamped on our hearts and our lives. And we see these guys, they refused to be stamped by a new culture. They learnt what they needed to learn to be skillful, but their hearts stayed true to the living God. And we see in uh, verse 17 of Daniel 1, God gave these four young men knowledge and skill in both books and life. In addition, Daniel was gifted in understanding all sorts of visions and dreams. At the end of the time set by the king for their training, the head of the royal staff brought them into King Nebuchadnezzar. I call him King Neb for short because it's a big name. When the king interviewed them, he found them far superior to all the other young men. None were a match for Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. And so they took their place in the king's service. Whenever the king consulted them on anything, on books or on life, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his kingdom put together. So all the other people who were so, so plugged into the, the wisdom and knowledge of that society and world that had studied with them and maybe studied longer and grew up in it, they were ten times better. That's what happens when God is upon your life. There's something different happens to your wisdom, your capacity, your abilities. Doesn't make you superior, it just means that you can tap into the identity and the destiny that God has for your life. And it goes on and says, Daniel continued in the king's service until the first year in the reign of King Cyrus. Do you realize Daniel served under three godless kings for 70 years? And they were taken into, they were taken into captivity for 70 years, so he actually was still alive when they went back to the homeland. How awesome is that? 70 years when he could have given up hope. But he had a word, prophetic word. One of the prophets said, 70 years I've been captain in the goat. So he held on to that. He thought, well, well I'm not just going to hang around. Here, I'm going to change the culture I can while I'm waiting for God to come. It's like us. We know Jesus is coming back. Well, let's change our world while we're waiting for him to come back. Don't just be waiting to escape. 
and think, well, God's going to rescue us out of this crazy, mixed-up world. No, let's have the heart of Daniel. Let's influence and change what we can while we're here on this earth. And so we see some amazing things happened. He was a young, only a young man when he was taken captive from Jerusalem. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Anyone here got a name of Daniel? Where's all the Daniels in the house? No one today. One night we prayed for Daniels. We had six of them in the house. None in this service. They must be all in the second service. Daniel's name means God is my judge. The new Babylonian name Belteshazzar given to him means Bel or Marduk protects his, protects his life. That's a, a false god. So he was given a name that tried to rob his identity. Even though he is called by the name, a na new name that was against his godly nature, he didn't let that affect his character and lifestyle. Let me tell you, no matter what people call you, what society calls you, what the devil calls you, you can live a righteous life because the Spirit of God lives in you and greater is he that's within the world. You need to know that. No matter what people name you and mark you as a loser or someone who's disadvantaged or you can't achieve, don't let that determine your destiny. Daniel thought, no way. My God of the God of the Hebrews is greater and for 70 years he not only stayed strong but that influence of God's name spread across those nations. I thought, wow, wow. And some of us have had names put on us. Or we've put them on ourselves that have limited us. But Daniel says, no way. I've been called Daniel. God's my judge. No one else. And so he had that in his heart and life. So how did, let's look at a few of the keys. How did Daniel really achieve so much? Number one, he lived a healthy, disciplined lifestyle. Daniel 1.8 says he resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine because it had been offered to idols and God's Lord forbade him from eating and drinking it. And also it was very rich and not healthy food. He was willing to obey God's word and, not, and to step out in faith and to ask for a trial for 10 days of eating vegetables and other healthy food. Many have heard of the Daniel diet or the Daniel fast. This is where it comes from, from the word of God. <coughs> That's the basis of what they've developed. And some of you have lived on it and some of you still do. Or you've tried different aspects of it because they found it was very, very healthy. And remember, there was a spiritual connotation that the food was all offered to idols and the drink was poured out in front of the, the idol worship. So they said, no, we're not going to eat that or drink that. Can we have a test? And the, the chief said, mate, if you don't eat the food, I'm going to lose my head. I'm going to lose my job. He says, well, let's do a 10-day trial and see what happens. After 10 days, they could see that Daniel and his mates were looking sharper, healthier and better than all the other uh, people that were in the training. God's grace will help us walk through. So I reckon eat and live as healthy a lifestyle as possible considering your age and your situation. Our bodies, our temples, the Holy Spirit, they do wear out. Um, if, if none of us wore out, we'd no, no one would ever die and make it to heaven. So they do have a lifespan, but let's make it the best we can by being diligent and living a healthy lifestyle. Dan was a young man of strong resolve and conviction to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, regardless of the pressure and risks. Be wise and live with God's divine health, not just having to believe for God's divine healing every time you get sick. God loves to heal, but he prefers that we live a healthy life and lifestyle as much as we can. And God's grace is it. 
Number two, why was Daniel having such an influence? Number two, he was a man of prayer and devotion to the Lord. He was, he was one who just every day connected with his God. Remember, they're in a culture where there's no other, very few other believers or followers of the true and living God. So Daniel, it says in Daniel 6.10, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, and what decree was that? That if anyone um, reached out to another God, that they would be punished and thrown in the lion's den. When he learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Remember in those days they felt they had to pray at the temple or look back there and that was how they didn't have the understanding of that God's everywhere and, and we can worship anywhere, anytime now because they, that was the way that they saw God at that time. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So he was consistent in his prayer and worship, even with the threat of punishment or against his life. Wow, he wasn't going to bow to the pressure. He was going to still live with conviction, not convenience. A lot of Christians today live convenient Christian lives instead of convicted Christian lives, where we live with passion, even when people might disagree or misunderstand. How do you influence the world? You live like Daniel did, with passion. Number three... He was a man of excellent character and integrity. He had excellent character and integrity. If you want to influence people or a larger group, you've got to have integrity and character. A gift might get you to a place, but character and integrity will keep you there. How many people we know that have been gifted and uh, sportsmen and women or musicians and singers and movie people, but if their character and their integrity doesn't back it up, they soon mess up and then they lose it. And God wants us to be like Daniel. Daniel 6.3, it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps. I'm not sure who they were. Rat traps, the satraps. It was another name for administrators or governors or leaders. <clears throat> By his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. He was going to appoint him to be the prime minister under the king. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So all the other guys that were climbing the corporate ladder, they got upset and jealous when they heard the king was going to appoint Daniel because he was a foreigner. Hey, who's taking our jobs? And so we had all this stuff going on. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wow, wow, wow. They tried everything they could, but they could not find anything of corruption, of negligence, because he was totally trustworthy and we know that corruption or dishonesty destroys but sometimes we just get negligent we just don't follow through on things we don't do what we said we were going to do that's negligence not corruption corruption is when you steal or there's fraud or you uh, appoint people to positions that they don't qualify and and all that stuff and sadly we still see that happening in in society in our 
nation, and in some nations it is so rife, corruption, it's a way of life, and it's, to stand out and be honest is, is such an exception. And so that's obviously part of what used to go on here. But here's Daniel, they couldn't find anything wrong with him. And some of you are thinking, wow, he's just too perfect, I can't model my life after him. So I think, wow, if someone's following God and the blessing comes, we disqualify ourselves. We think, oh, we, we, we connect with someone like Peter who was always making mistakes and doing dumb stuff. And hey, we, we need all sorts of examples. But let me tell you, God gets honored by someone who's been broken and their life encounters the grace of God and they get totally transformed. What a testimony and power. But he also gets honored by someone like Daniel who never messed up his life and he just kept honoring and living by the word. God will be, receive glory and grace whichever way it goes. And so don't compare yourself with someone else's journey. If you've been, I've been raised in, uh, in church and, uh, and I haven't been perfect, but I haven't done really dumb stuff. But in God's eyes, sin, sin, and we all need God's forgiveness and grace. But my life has been one I've tried to be consistent and integrous. And that will have an, an impact, just like someone whose story, where they come from brokenness and the grace and miracle power of God rescues them, and that story has power. So don't compare yourself. Let's all just respond to wherever we are now in our journey, because if we honor God, He will use our story regardless of where it is. I remember I met some young people who said, I don't have a testimony. I said, yes, you do. They said, well, I've been brought up in church and never done any real dumb stuff. I said, well, that's a powerful testimony. There's a whole lot of people wishing that they could have lived like that. So let, let's not try and compare. Let's let God's grace. And Daniel, he's one of the few people in the Bible that nothing negative is written about him. Doesn't mean he was perfect, but he obviously did all he could to honor God with his life. And, uh, and God's grace can work. So don't, let's, don't disqualify yourself and say, oh, well, I can never get to, towards someone like Daniel's standard. He was called with a specific purpose. But so are you and I called to influence our family and our community. And God will use us wherever we are on the journey of grace, of power, of leadership, and of influence. Daniel had such an impact on his life. Number four, he honored God in every season. There were times where Daniel was the prime minister. There are other times where he's in the lion's den. There were times when a new king took over and they didn't want to know Daniel, but before long, they'd have a dream and everyone, no one could interpret it. And they say, oh, there's a guy that used to interpret dreams for the previous king. So they'd go and find him and next minute, he's in the limelight again. See, God knows how to use your life, whether you think you're hidden, forgotten, or whether you've blown it and destroyed your credibility, God has ways to restore. And some of the stuff happens in our life, and you think disqualifies us. If you're honoring God, He will always make a way. That's the nature of our redeeming. So He honored God in every season, when He was taken to exile, while He was in training, during success, and even when He was in a place of power and authority, He didn't destroy His credibility. Daniel 2.19, it says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. 
You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. And that happened several times, and God opened up his ways. Fifthly, he was diligent and hardworking. He didn't just think, well, God's favored me. I'm one of the the young prophets, and I could just cruise and do my stuff and occasionally just appear on the scene and give the interpretation of a dream. No, he diligently worked hard and with all of his life. And some of you have got, you're called of God to influence people as professionals. Be diligent. Some of you have got great gifts. Just be diligent. Some of you are called to be great parents. Be diligent because God will flow through you. He didn't have a spirit of entitlement, but he worked hard and became very skillful in his work of leadership and governance. And he trusted, he flourished under God's hand of blessing. Number six, he saw and recorded many visions and dreams as well as interpreting the dreams of others. Daniel 2.45, it says, King Neb had a dream. He says, this is the meaning of the vision of the rock. Cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. The king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Wow, wow, wow. Doorways open when you're faithful to God. Just be faithful. See what God will do. A place of influence that God's given you. Number seven, he was filled with the spirit of wisdom, understanding, and revelation. He had a godly character and the anointing of the Holy Spirit was on his life. The king said, there's a spirit within you. I don't understand it, but it's different. That's the presence of God. So whether you're singing, speaking, leading, creating, designing, loving, caring, just let the spirit of God shine through because there's a difference. The presence of God makes a difference that the world cannot explain. And on Friday night, we're down at the leukemia, light up the night with Elaine organized that and and we had the privilege and Matt and Rachel sang and and Marilyn sang Amazing Grace and I did a prayer of blessing and a lot of people came up and said wow that was so impacting as you sang Amazing Grace and they they can't quite put into words they don't know how to use the word anointing or blessing but they said that was so impacting I cried when you sang and you know it's the presence of Almighty God flowing through Mary Lynn, who for years has kept her heart following God and made sure her voice was trained and equipped. And so out of that flows the Spirit of God. And there's people who won't forget that moment because the bagpipe was supposed to play and he didn't show up. So Mary Lynn did the whole thing a cappello and people were just down at the seafront oval with hundreds of people there. And I thought, you just got to be ready when the opportunity comes. Whatever it looks like, for your life. Let's be like Daniel and just keep growing. A couple other things to wrap it up. We need to live aware of eternity. He was supernaturally protected by God in the lions then. Let's finish up on this. I love this. Daniel 6:19. As the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lions den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God.
God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? There's a godless ruler. He's not, a, he's not the, uh, the pastor coming to see if God's rescued Daniel. Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Wow. Not have I ever done any wrong before you, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found in him because he had trusted in his God. Now we know sometimes persecution comes and people do suffer for their faith. And there are things happening across our nation and it's going to get more challenging to live for Jesus in our land. That's not, that's not a negative, it's just a reality that we need to get stronger and clearer, but our God's still much greater. And we need to not live with fear, but with reality. And lastly, whole nations and earthly kings were significantly influenced by his life, example, and anointing. Straight after the, he got came out of the lion's den, this is what King Darius wrote in 625. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. This is not a Christian ruler. He's so impacted by Daniel's life over years of service. And then the miraculous, when the lions, because the king got tricked by these other guys who were jealous and they tricked the king and, and he wanted to try and reverse it, but he couldn't. The law of the Medes and Persians, he couldn't break. But God intervened and kept him alive from the hungry lions. And then he writes this decree. Every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he's the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. Sounds like a preacher or a prophet. This is a godless king. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And he prospered under Nebuchadnezzar the Babylonian before that. Three godless kings. And you'll read the story of when he interpreted the dream and he, he said that if Nebuchadnezzar who was a proud arrogant leader didn't respond to God this would happen to him 12 months later he said I'm the greatest he was struck down by God for seven years and wandered in the field like an animal as Daniel had prophesied a year before seven years he wandered and then he says he came into his right mind and he said God's the true and living God and he sent a decree over all Babylon and said you've got to worship the God that Daniel serves I thought, wow, wow, wow. How great is the God in you that you serve, that it shakes the people around us, that it opens doors that no man could close. And no matter what man's schemes or the schemes of the enemy, let me tell you, God is greater. If he could do it with Daniel and he could turn around the three major kingdoms of that day, God's the same God and he can do it now. Don't fear what's going to happen because our God's greater. But you've got to know Him. You've got to live Him. You've got to be available for Him to flow through your life. Let's stand in His presence today. How's the God that flows through your life?
Do people in your workplace say, wow, I want to know the God that Tony knows. I want to know and serve the God that Troy serves. I want to know the God that Tim loves. I want to know the God who intervenes in people's lives and has brought a miracle in their life. I wonder if that's what people say about your life. I pray. You say, well, we're not perfect. No, none of us are. That's why we have grace. You say, well, I'm not educated and I don't have the anointing that Daniel did to be a prophet. No, we mightn't, but God's created you with his image inside and he will shine through your life, your words, your love, your actions. And even our mistakes, God's got ways to turn them around. Even our weaknesses, God can be glorified through them because that's the God that he is. Oh, I just feel God stirring up the church across our nation. He's stirring up our lives. We've got to realize that this is a great day. When the darkness comes, that's when the light shines. When the challenges come, that's when the Spirit of God arises within us. When the needs arise, He can bring revelation. He can bring insight. He can bring creativity. He can bring example that will cause darkness to flee. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that Jesus is rising up. And the church is made up of individuals, of families, and of local churches, and that's who we are. Oh, Jesus. Let's close our eyes and just let His presence touch our hearts. The God that Daniel serves changed nations. The God that you serve can influence your family, the people around you. It maybe already has, but God wants to stir your heart that it can continue. You say, well, I'm just feeling weak and and there's so many needs. Hey, that's where God comes because when I'm weak, then I can be strong. Don't back off. Don't back down. Don't give in. Don't give up because our God is greater. Oh, Jesus. Let's take a moment. Let's sing this beautiful song and just let your heart rise to God right now. Oh, some of you just need to adore him for the next three or four minutes before we finish our service. Just let the Spirit of God just draw you. Oh, let your heart just reach up. Just let your heart reach up right now. Let's worship him. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.